Hello and welcome to Outspoken, your dose of the hottest influencer and pop culture news twice a week. I'm Kate Torber and I'm joined by my sisters and journalists, Amy and Sophie. On today's show, the success of a micro-influencers podcast proves big followings don't equate to success on the podcast charts, the Instagram update that's angered social media users, and a cafe owner and a financial advisor clash over a cup of coffee. But first, a week after revealing her engagement, fitness mogul Kayla Estinas has surprised her followers with the exciting news that she's expecting a baby with fiancé Jay Woodroff. So how did the couple make the announcement? So Kayla posted a photo on her Instagram account of her and Jay kissing whilst holding a sonogram of their unborn baby. And you can see Kayla's stunning ring in the photo. Kayla wrote, we're so excited to share the news that our family is growing. Anna cannot wait to be a big sister and Jay and I could not be more happy right now. So much to celebrate and be grateful for. We can't wait to share this journey with you. Now, Jay also shared some more cute photos of the couple together with the caption, can't wait to meet you. I love you, Kayla. He then revealed that the baby is due on January 2023. I know that there's a lot of speculation around this relationship and also people seem to be quite judgy about the timings of announcing the pregnancy just after the engagement. But I just think we should be genuinely happy for Kayla. It's really nice to see her looking so happy. And as one of Adelaide's OG influencers, I think I've got a bit of a soft spot for her and always want to see her doing well. So this announcement really did make me smile. I've got to say, I loved this photo of Kayla and Jay together. I think Kayla copped a lot of flack for putting up Mm. that photo because everyone kept going on about Jay's white teeth. But this one, this was a better picture. Yeah, I've got to agree. They definitely were taken up a notch. I wonder if one of the sweat staff members helped out with the photo shoot. I'm really curious to see how much of Kayla's pregnancy she decides to share because she has been sharing a lot more about her life and opening up to her followers. I was surprised to see that Jay shared a poll on his Instagram story asking people to vote if they think it's going to be a baby boy or a girl. So I wonder if that's a sign of things to come. I hope so, because I think I've been relating more to Kayla ever since she started sharing more updates, because there was a long time where she used to just not even show her face in her Instagram Mm. content. And I think she's had to make a change and pivot her stance on the platform to actually be more relatable and actually more relevant. And I think she's doing a really good job at that. So I expect to see a lot more baby content on her page. Kayla also shared this really cute photo where she broke the news to Anna and Anna's face absolutely lit up. She looks so excited. So it'll be really nice to see content with Anna and the new baby. What are we thinking baby name wise? Because for an influencer, Anna is quite It's like a little bit unique, but more normal. I feel like they might go down the path of a traditional Greek name. I want to say Mia. I have, I don't know why. Mm. I have a sense that it could be Mia. I know her sister's daughter is called Gigi, which I love because that's our cat's name. So, (laughs) well, if you think about it, it's Jay, which is a short name. Kayla's relatively short. Anna, short name. Mm. Gigi is a short name. So maybe it will be Mia. So one or two syllables. Yeah. Reality shows? Reality. They're nowhere near real. Just unreality shows, I call them. Okay. And none of them will ever be A-listers. Podcasting is the next big frontier for influencers, with many flocking to the medium with varied success. Funnily enough, though, it appears having hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram doesn't necessarily equate to having success on the podcast charts. Take Australian podcast Don't Tell Your Mother, for instance. This month, the podcast hosted by micro-influencer Courtney Magnan and her dad Rick debuted at number eight on the Apple podcast charts, beating out the likes of Hamish and Andy. The extraordinary success was quite a feat considering Courtney only has 18.2 thousand followers. 
Kate, why do you think Courtney's podcast was such a success? Well, firstly, for those who don't follow Courtney, I highly suggest you do because she is one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram because she is just so real. She also puts a lot of time and effort into her content and is super engaging. Now, for some background, Courtney is a 35-year-old business owner who has battled melanoma four times. In addition to co-owning PR company, The Spin Studio, she also has her own stationary company. Now, it's important to note that Courtney does have professional knowledge in the podcasting space. She heads up the podcast arm of her business, The Spin Studio, and is the producer behind successful influencer-led podcasts like Happy Hour with Lucy and Nikki and Empowered by Revy. And in 2020, Courtney launched her first podcast, She Was the Fire, which had moderate success. So in the 18 months that it ran, she released 51 episodes, which amassed over 100,000 downloads. However, in November 2021, Courtney sadly made the difficult decision to stop the podcast to focus on her health after she had another cancer scare. Now to put She Was The Fire's downloads into perspective, when you look at Triton's podcast ranker, currently Australia's top podcast is Hamish and Andy, which received over 2 million downloads in June. Now Life Uncut is of course another very popular podcast for females, and it sat in fifth position for June with over 1 million monthly downloads. So the fact Courtney's new podcast overtook Hamish and Andy on the charts is just a massive achievement. And I think the success comes down to the fact that she has cultivated herself a highly engaged audience that actually wants to support her. I think that Courtney's success has really highlighted the importance of engagement over following. And as someone who does manage social media clients, it's something that we really try to explain to our clients because most of them seem fixated on the follow account when they should really be focusing on the engagement. I mean, obviously, Courtney has a background knowledge of what makes a successful podcast, and you can see that she's worked really hard to execute it. She had a really big focus on ensuring that the branding was spot on and produced really high quality media assets. However, despite all of this, this usually doesn't equate into a podcast having such an instant success and visibility on the charts. And I think this achievement is a real true testament on Courtney's ability to engage with her audience. A big part of this engagement in terms of the podcast was taking her followers along for the ride. So rather than keeping the podcast as a secret project like so many influencers do, she really involved her audience and took them behind the scenes of launching the podcast. So she asked her followers for their advice on the podcast name as well as the cover art. She also used the same method during the launch of her stationary line and I think it's a strategy that more influencers should really be utilising. And also the podcast was bloody good. I love listening to podcasts like that. And I think it's pretty wild when you compare Courtney's success to the success of big Australian influencer podcasts who have these inbuilt audiences of hundreds of thousands of followers. So there are some influencer-led podcasts who have failed to make a mark on the charts despite having this inbuilt audience. So for those who aren't aware, the podcast charts, they actually don't rank podcasts based on their downloads. So Apple Podcasts has its own special algorithm of how it ranks its podcasts, which includes things like the amount of new subscribers, reviews, ranking, and of course, downloads. And I noticed Courtney 
very cleverly pushed people to subscribe, rate, and review her podcast, which was incredibly clever because mm. this is what has catapulted up the charts. This is why we're talking about it. And this is why so many people are listening. Exactly. And I think podcasting is actually quite dangerous at the moment for influencers because there are so many influencers flocking to the platform, but it ends up being a real reflection on their actual influence. Mm. So if you think about it, it's easy to follow people on Instagram and double tap on their photos. However, you need to really engage with your followers to get them to actually invest time in listening to what you have to say. Don't you think it sort of highlights maybe the influencers whose followings are maybe not as legit? Oh, I definitely think so. And I think another reason why some influencers find it so hard is the fact that you really need to be dedicated to podcasting Mm. because listeners and sponsors expect consistency with episodes, which I think is something that influencers find quite hard because there are a lot of influencers that don't follow strict uploading schedules and they have relied on the fact that they were first to the platform and then have already got this organically got this audience but if you think about it if you're an influencer and you have half a million followers even if a small amount of your audience tuned in that is going to skyrocket you up the charts Mm, so it's really confusing isn't it when there are these podcasts run by supposedly big influencers that just don't make the charts particularly when you think about a debut episode because as we discussed Courtney managed to get great success off her debut episode because she was really pushing that people needed to subscribe to rank the episode and to leave a review and because Courtney's followers are so engaged with her and want to support her everyone was leaving reviews and obviously that catapulted her up the charts. However, there are some influencers, as you say, Amy, mm. that now have around 800,000 followers and that they literally don't even crack it on the chart in the top 100 yeah. at all. And it just baffles me. Do you know what, Kate? Everyone keeps mentioning Courtney. What about Rick? Maybe uh, Rick is the mastermind behind this whole podcast. I love I Rick. And there was a moment in the second <laughs> episode where he said that Courtney and Sam, which are his children, are his best friends. Aww. And it honestly melted me. I was like, this man is so cute. I think <laughs> I think what it also signifies is the fact that people want to hear from real people who have life mm. experiences, who work real jobs. We're kind of sick of hearing life advice from people who we can't really relate to. Yeah, what is with every influencer releasing a podcast where they just simply answer questions as if they're some kind of expert? Well, I think it's just easy content, to be Mm. honest. Like, it's easy to pump out. And I suppose they probably get a lot of questions. I also don't like how a lot of influencer-led podcasts are literally just like a talk show where they interview someone. Because, again, I think that's where the podcast fails. Because you don't necessarily want to hear influencers interviewing people because they're not journalists. They don't know how to do it properly. You want to hear about their life. And I think that Instagram and TikTok and YouTube are usually a great platform for that because they can show you the the highlights of their life, but they might not be necessarily good at presenting that on mic. Do we also think it's because podcasting doesn't really allow people to show their hotness as per se, because a lot Mm. of influencers (laughs) have built their careers on being hot, but when you put them behind a mic, you have to have a certain amount of substance to be able to get through to your audience. I also think, is this a prime opportunity to ask our followers to rate, review, subscribe, get us out (laughs) of the charts? Because I don't know if we're doing good enough job of reminding people just back to your point Sophie about the hotness of some of these influencers I also think it shows and we've discussed this previously that maybe some of these influencers followings are not the actual demographic that would listen to a podcast Mm. so for instance if you're a hot girl on Instagram 
Maybe your followers are all men who don't want to hear you on a podcast talking Talk, about life da- and dating, dating and spirituality or whatever. Exactly. But the thing is, though, we are forgetting that there are a lot of big influencer led podcasts mm. that are huge. Like think of Logan Paul's podcast. Think He's of- a YouTuber, though, who is super engaging and entertaining. It's a bit different to somebody who's made a career on, you know, posting hot photos of themselves. Oh, exactly right. And that's what I mean. You've kind of got to look at the caliber of influencers that are successful on the podcast charts like look at life uncut yeah they're reality stars slash influencers but their personalities are so great that they can actually manage to hold and lead a podcast with great success Mm. so i think if you're an influencer you've got to think why are you releasing a podcast because if you're only doing it to increase your reach and not really putting an effort into it you're not going to get a great result out of it or you're just ticking a box one large crab bisque to go red (laughs) beautiful You're pushing your luck, little man. Cafe owner Julian Moosey has slammed Aussie finance expert Victoria Devine for sharing her shock at the store's rising coffee prices. The hospitality mogul, who owns 22 venues in Melbourne, told the popular podcast host to find a real job as well as a new local. So can you run us through what happened? Yeah, this was definitely a shitstorm that erupted on Instagram and I just couldn't look away from it. Now, for those who don't know, Victoria Devine is the host of hugely successful finance podcast, She's on the Money. She is also an Australian finance expert and businesswoman. And she's also got a radio show at the moment too. That's right. She's also written a few books. She's a very busy woman. Now, Victoria decided to pop into her local coffee shop, Pantry Glen Iris, which is under new management. And she was shocked to find that the price of two small coffees had risen to $12. Now, anyone who listens to She's on the Money knows that Victoria regularly talks about inflation. So she took to her Instagram to share her shock at the price rise. Victoria shared a photo of her hand holding the small coffee and wrote, my favorite cafe reopened with new owners. So now two tiny coffees cost $12. To preface, Victoria did not divulge the name of the cafe. It wasn't visible in the background and there was no branding on the cup. However, it was her local cafe. So some devoted followers may have been able to connect the dots and realize which cafe she was talking about. Now, the cafe owner in question, as we said earlier, is Julian Moosey. And alongside his wife, Christy Lee, they have been described in past media reports as hospitality king and queen. So they run a coffee empire as heads of Only Hospitality Group, which boasts $30 million plus in annual revenue and 22 venues, including the Bentwood Fitzroy, MOB, Camberwell and Clubhouse Malvern Cafes. And they are now the new owner of Pantry Glen Iris. So it's safe to say they have their own coffee empire. Well, it appears Julian wasn't very happy with Victoria Devine's Insta stories. He fired back. He wrote, predictable, our pricing is a reflection of our talent, not your budget. Best you find yourself another local. He then made things personal and said, there is a 7-Eleven nearby that does $1 coffee. Otherwise, get a real job that pays properly so you can afford the good things in life. Now, I was quite taken aback by Julian's comment. Not only was it really condescending and rude, It's just a stupid comment to make because everybody knows how hugely successful Victoria Devine is and anybody who follows her on Instagram will see just how incredibly hard she works. So for Julian to comment that she needs to get a real job is just so ill-informed and laughable. I mean, he's clearly assuming that because she has a following, she doesn't work, which is just so far from the truth. And I do wonder if he would have made this sweeping judgment if Victoria's fiance Steve had instead called out the coffee prices. Now, following the barrage of comments from the cafe owner Julian, Victoria posted screenshots of the correspondence and tagged the cafe. 
She wrote, ladies and gentlemen, the new owner of Pantry Glen Iris. Nice, really nice. She also tagged the two other coffee shops that the man owns. Now, this ignited things further with Julian responding, I love this. The funniest thing is that you genuinely think that people care for your opinion. Victoria followed this up by telling her followers she never tagged the cafe in her original story or even disclosed what suburb it was in. She said she only shared the coffee price because it was normal to not love that your coffee goes from being $4 for eight ounces to $6 for six ounces of coffee. So this story has really blown up in the media. So if news.com.au spoke directly to the cafe owner, Julian, who said his small coffee usually costs $5.20 and revealed that Victoria ordered a plant-based milk, which caused the price to rise. I just love how petty this sounds. No, she ordered a plant-based milk. Wouldn't you think that if Victoria Devine, someone with a large platform, was coming into your cafe, you might just waver the special milk fee. Well, not even just waver it, but I mean, the thing is most people order a specialty milk these Mm. days, don't they? Yeah. So he also claimed that he had been communicating with Victoria for weeks on Instagram before she shared the Instagram story complaining of the price rise. And he further claimed on his personal Instagram story that locals have come out to support his coffee shop in droves. Now, Victoria Devine has also received droves of support. One user wrote online, I think the owner might have underestimated the reach that Victoria Devine actually has. Whilst another said, I can't wait to try my 7-Eleven coffee (laughs) before I go and start my non-real job. Now, since the incident, Julian's reviews have been littered with one stars. Following the backlash, Julian has also done further interviews with news.com and he told the publication that the whole conversation has been misconstrued and that he's now been receiving very harsh comments online. So he claimed in the article that Victoria was upset that the old owners sold the cafe. He also claimed that his comment about Victoria going and getting a real job was misconstrued. He said, I was suggesting she stop making a task and a job of constantly posting negatively about a venue. He also went on to explain the price rise, saying that it was down to the fact that they use very high quality beans. He also said alternative milks and decaf coffee are at an additional cost. Now, from a PR perspective, Soph, I think this is a really ugly look for Julian's new cafe. It is also quite interesting because I feel like there are a lot of established cafe and restaurant owners who have this preconceived idea about influencers and they don't like working with them because they don't feel they should have to provide free food for them. I wonder if he has had a negative experience with another influencer and that's why he has lashed out at Victoria Devine like this. Well, in this instance, I don't think Victoria was asking for a free coffee, but maybe he did have a preconceived idea of what sort of relationship she'd want with the store. Instead of acting like a child in response to Victoria's Instagram story, I really think Julian should have instead used it as an opportunity to explain the price rise because I mean, as a society, we're already aware that inflation is hitting us hard. I mean, lettuces have been $10 for God's sake. So I think we're all understanding that prices are going to change. So, and I feel like he could have used it to garner some sympathy because he could have spoken from the position of someone who runs a business or who is a wholesaler. And he could have explained how difficult it actually is running a business in this climate. Yeah, well, he just went on the attack, didn't he? As you said, there are so many things he could have said that could have garnered sympathy rather than tearing Victoria apart. Yeah, I mean, you know, he does own a whopping 22 venues in Melbourne, which I'm sure were hit hard by all of the lockdowns last year. So, you know, I'm sure that there would have been a number of people who would have really felt for him. 
I found it interesting that Julian said that he had had previous conversations with Victoria before the whole post exploded because you could see on Victoria's screenshot that there was a post above the original one and potentially maybe there had been some fallout between the previous cafe owners and the new ones and maybe Victoria was territorial over the old owners and you know it did seem like a very beautiful wholesome community store so I wonder if that also had a bit to play in this whole feud breaking out online oh you know what I love a bit of shit staring if that is the case and Victoria had a problem with this guy before maybe there's a reason why I think we've seen how he reacted and also I love the fact that she was like oh fuck it I'm gonna put up these coffee cups and make a dig anyway see if he reacts oh I have no problem with it at all I just felt like there might be more to the story and something simmering beneath the surface I also love the way that Victoria has taken opportunities to have further digs at this store because I do Mm. notice that she has a new local cafe and on her walk to the beautiful (laughs) dog she's been sharing some photos of her new coffee cup and she also shared a dinner out with her work colleagues and said wow how can I afford to eat at this beautiful restaurant seeing as I don't have a real job. Can I just point out though the power of social media as well because clearly Julian went to news.com.au. He tried to use old school press. I don't really think it worked out well for him. The powers of social media, everyone's going off about this online and has been showing support for Victoria. I'm just trying to stay calm so I can get these words out properly because they're not coming out. I just think I'm going to have a really big, big... I just think I'm going to have a really big break from social media for a while. Instagram is in hot water after making major changes to the social media app. The latest update has seen the focus move from photos to videos in a clear attempt to rival TikTok. Amy, what are the big differences we're seeing? Well, sadly, my Instagram was updated this week and I already hate it. So all the photos are now stretched to the edge of the screen and continuous scrolling has been replaced by, you know, the snap scrolling that you see on TikTok. So it's completely different. And a lot of people have been complaining that their feeds are now littered with advertising. I've noticed it as well. And it's pretty clear that Instagram is extremely threatened by the popularity of TikTok. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I'm having a look at it now and I'm outraged Mm. because only some of my accounts (laughs) have updated. And there's this really naff sort of rounded border around it. It reminds me of photos that people used to print out in the 80s. What the fuck is happening? It looks terrible. Well, the whole thing is that obviously the photos don't look nice on the app anymore. doesn't make me want to post a photo because I've heard that they perform really badly in the feed as well. Well, it's also, if you look at the videos, the videos fill the full screen, whereas the photos, you've got a bit of a border around them and they're not very engaging at all. And so you'll probably remember back in August 2020, this is when Instagram launched Reels for the first time. And this was a knee-jerk reaction to the surging popularity of TikTok. And since then, you're correct, the algorithm has majorly favoured reels. And I actually saw Brittany Saunders talking about this on her Instagram the other day. So she was telling all business owners, you need to get on reels. Don't bother sharing anything else but reels. And so if we've found that with our business, Hula Media, we only share reels for our clients because they reach so many more people. Well, according to Adam Masiri, who is the head of Instagram, reels will now be the only video format available on the platform. I think that's a really good move because the other formats are quite redundant now. 
Well, I wonder what this means for the everyday user, though. I wonder if it will deter people from posting photos because Mm. everyday people really just post photos when they're out with their friends. They're not shooting reels about their lives. That is so true. I mean, it shows that they more care about the business experience or the influencer side of things than their regular users who want to stay connected to one another. Maybe they feel like ordinary people don't actually share that much on the platform. It's more people engage with other people's accounts. And I don't know if you've noticed this, Sophie, but all over Instagram, users have been sharing a black and white post. It was created by a woman called Tati Bruning, and it reads, make Instagram Instagram again. I have not seen this. I stand in solidarity with this woman because (laughs) I miss the old Instagram. There's also a change.org petition you might want to sign, Sophie. It's already got 110,000 signatures saying you need to change Instagram back to what it was. This reminds me of the time that they got rid of the likes and not only me but Michaela Tester had a complete meltdown about this. Now in this petition Soph the author stated that they were concerned about the change in the Instagram algorithm because they thought it will impact influencers financially. So it said... Will anyone think of the influencers Amy? (laughs) So it said, it feels wrong to switch the algorithm on creators that have made a living and contributed to the community, forcing them to change their entire content direction and lifestyle to serve a new algorithm. What do you think about this? I don't know if I feel sorry for influencers because in order to stay relevant, you really have to adapt and evolve and change to what the algorithm wants. Unfortunately, that's part of the role. It's like with any career or job you take on, there's always going to be something new that you have to upskill yourself with. So I think that this is just part and parcel of the job, unfortunately. Well, what the algorithm is basically saying is if you're creative, we are going to reward you. You can no longer just take a hot photo of yourself and expect it to be pushed into a lot of people's Instagram feeds. And I think we might be seeing a lot of influences in trouble now. Now, social media queen Kylie Jenner has also weighed into the debate. She reshared the post calling for Instagram to make it Instagram again. And this is a big deal because back in 2018, Kylie Jenner tweeted that she hardly ever used Snapchat anymore following its redesign. Now, this tweet wiped almost $1.4 billion off Snapchat's stock market value. Do you think we're going to see something similar with Instagram, Amy? Well, so far, Meta, which owns Instagram's share price, has remained stable. However, don't underestimate the power of Kylie Jenner because Snapchat actually ended up reversing its update back in 2018 following Kylie's tweet. So you just never know what Instagram is going to do. Unfortunately, I don't think that Kylie Jenner's comments are going to have as much power because This is just a regular pattern that Instagram keeps doing whenever it feels threatened. So in 2013, it introduced videos to the app because it was threatened by the now defunct Vine. And then in 2017, it brought Instagram stories in response to Snapchat's growing popularity. And I feel like that's what really kept Instagram alive. Mm. And then in 2018, it rolled out IGTV due to fears over YouTube And now it's changed its whole user experience to compete, of course, with TikTok. And I think we're all just going to adapt to it and Instagram will continue to be extremely popular. And it is pretty funny because I was watching the movie The Social Network and I loved in the movie 
how they showed what the original Facebook feed and profile looked like. And I had completely forgot it looked like that. I feel like our social media accounts have so many updates all the time that we're constantly forgetting what it used to look like. So I'm sure in a few months time, we will get used to these ugly rounded borders and awful stretched photos. I think we've got to almost wrap up the episode because Amy, we've had a very early start to the morning and I was shocked because, you know, when you set an alarm really early and all night you're anticipating, waiting for the alarm to go Mm. off, almost scared that it's not going to go off. Anyway, I got up at 4.50 a.m. to go to the toilet and I look at my phone, as you do, and there was a Snapchat from you four hours before because Snapchat is still alive. And the Snapchat was of you painting your hallway at 1.30 a.m., despite the fact we had to be no, early. No, no, I, it wasn't 1.30 a.m. What time was it? It was at least 1 a.m. No, 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 I stopped at no, 12.30. No, 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 it was 1 a.m., Amy. Well, you can ask Dale. I stopped at 12.30. So what happened? We went out for dinner with Dale's mum. Then we got home and I thought, maybe I'll just start doing a little bit of painting. Three hours later, or maybe it was four hours later, we finished the first coat. It looks so much better. It's all because you guys and some friends are coming over for Christmas in July at my house. And I can't stand having these yellowy walls. I want people to actually think, wow, this house looks quite nice. I hope there's a good focus on the food and entertainment side of things, Amy, and it's not just white walls. Or is it a, is it a white party theme? Are we jumping ahead too early <laughs> to the white party? Everything's got to be white. No, there's going to be lots of food to eat. There's going to be a few Christmas games that I want to throw in there, but you're going to have to wait and see what else is planned. I'm very excited. Well, thank you so much for listening. As we said in our first segment, please help us climb the charts. Like, subscribe, leave a pleasant (laughs) review, and we hope you all have an amazing weekend. And this podcast was recorded on Ghana land in the Adelaide Plains. We pay respects to elders past and present.